All right. Thank you all for coming out tonight. It's good to see some people here. Um, my name is Eve, and the topic tonight is healing depression and hopelessness through Jesus Christ's atonement. So one reason that this is a um, important and pertinent topic to me is I've been a therapist for many years. I have an LCSW. And um, as a therapist, I work with people who are constantly struggling with um, their loss of hope. Um, one of the symptoms of depression is hopelessness. Um, and hopelessness usually includes a lack of anticipation for the future and a sense that life will not turn out okay and um, a sense that there's really nothing to look forward to in life. And so I work with a lot of people who have intense feelings that life's not good, that there's nothing to look forward to, and there's an absence of seeing the point of life or the capacity to see what, you know, what's going to be good about their life or what their higher calling is going to be in life. Um, and I've just kind of noticed working with them when they're in that state that it feels like a dark void of nothingness with no future. And I have found that working with patients, that the only thing that can really turn that darkness of hopelessness around is love. And for them, it's usually when I can help them kind of get access to their own internal sense of love or love of family and friends. Um, but then sort of I know stepping back that the love that's changing that hopelessness and giving them hope and optimism in their life, that love is the love of Jesus Christ. I just can't really talk about that as a therapist. Um, but I find it fascinating when people are able to move from that, from that state of hopelessness and despair that Satan gives them to be able to just have love return to their heart, heart and to return to a state of hope. And that's a beautiful and wonderful thing. But I've also seen sort of the effects in the alternative way, when people can't have access to love or hope, they can go into horrible spirals of sadness and despair that if it's not checked can can lead to suicide. And so it's it's serious and it's sad to see sort of that struggle within people. Um, and one thing I've really come to notice is that Satan has this this way of getting at people and making them feel worthless and helpless and hopeless. And that, that that's exactly the opposite of the love that Christ provides and the optimism and the, the love of life that he provides. And so I just wanted to talk about that tonight um, in hopes of trying to really look at where hope truly comes from. Um, and I wanted to just start out by getting into some scriptures. So let's go to the next slide. One, one experience we have um, record of from someone who experienced um, Satan's darkness was Joseph Smith. And of course, I, I love this story of Joseph Smith because it's, it's wonderful that he was overcome. He was able to overcome this force of darkness. And if he hadn't had done that, um, he may have just walked away discouraged and have never realized his capacity to seek revelation and may have never found the Book of Mormon. So this was kind of a pivotal 
time in Joseph Smith's life, in his spiritual life, when he was seeking answers from the Lord, and Satan came right then to drag him down and to make him not seek revelation. And because he overcame that, we have so many wonderful gifts um, that Joseph Smith and his spiritual life has offered to the world. So, so Joseph was seized by the power of some actual being from the unseen world. This being of darkness had such marvelous power as I had never before felt in any being. And so Joseph Smith said in Joseph Smith's History 115, having looked around me and finding myself alone, I kneeled down and began to offer up the desires of my heart to God. I had scarcely done so when immediately I was seized upon, upon by some power which entirely overcame me and had such an astonishing influence over me as to bind my tongue so that I could not speak. Thick darkness gathered around me and it seemed to me for a time as, it, as if I were doomed to sudden destruction. Um, so after being seized with this feeling, there's another, another quote um, from Orson Hyde that says when he's describing this, the adversary then made several strenuous efforts to cool Joseph Smith's ardent soul. He filled his mind with doubts and brought to mind all manner of inappropriate images to prevent him from obtaining the object of his endeavors. Um, so Joseph was so overcome that he thought that he would be overwhelmed by this force and had to call God to deliver me out, out of the power of this enemy. This experience was typical Satan. He overwhelmed Joseph with an absence of hope wanting him to give up. The strategy was to get Joseph to doubt his ability of, to obtain the object of his endeavors with heaven's help. The adversary wanted Joseph to be distracted and filled with self-loathing and fear. And this special Satan cocktail is of course prescribed with these goals in mind to make someone completely forget that they had come to seek revelation and to forget that they were trying to reach their own potential. And so what did Joseph do? Joseph Smith, History 116. But exerting all my powers to call upon God to deliver me out of the power of this enemy which had seized me. And at the very moment when I was ready to sink into despair and abandon myself to destruction, not to an imaginary ruin, but to the power of some actual being from the unseen world who had such marvelous power as I had never before felt in any being, but he persisted, he called upon God. And in doing that, he was able to be filled with light and the darkness immediately left. And it was at that point that he was able to see um, God and Jesus Christ the Savior and had that amazing experience in the first, in, first vision experience in the sacred grove. Okay, so moving on to to Moses's experience. Um, so let's go to Moses 1.19. Moses had just um, had a spirit experience with God, and then he was near Satan. Uh, Satan tried to approach him after that moment. So it says, and again, Moses said, I will not cease to call upon God. I have other things to inquire of him, 
for his glory has been upon me. Wherefore, I can judge between him and thee. Depart hence, Satan. So after being in God's presence and seeing God's glory, Satan came to Moses and tried to divert Moses's worship away from God into him instead instead and Moses responded and Moses responded depart hence Satan and now when Moses had said these words Satan cried with a loud voice and ranted upon the earth and commanded saying I am the only begotten worship me and it came to pass that Moses began to fear exceedingly and as he began to fear he saw the bitterness of hell nevertheless calling upon God he received strength and he commanded, saying, Depart from me, Satan, for this one God only will I worship, which is the God of glory. And so because Moses had just had an experience with God and felt the hope and love that that experience brought him, he could tell the difference. And he knew that Satan's experience was paltry compared to what he experienced with God. And so he could feel that difference and in his disgust asked Satan to leave. And this made Satan angry. And before leaving, Satan filled Moses with his own special version of fear and despair. And he was ranting and throwing a big tantrum when he left. Okay. So Moses seemed to be in a similar state that Joseph Smith described. He felt Fear, anxiety, depression, hopelessness, and a sense of powerlessness overwhelmed him. And it was so intense that he had to plead for help from God. In Moses 1.21, it says, And now Satan began to tremble, and the earth shook. And Moses received strength and called upon God, saying, In the name of the only begotten, depart hence, Satan. And it came to pass that Satan cried with a loud voice, with weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And he departed hence even from the presence of Moses, that he beheld him not. And so that made Satan leave for real this time, but not without his loud cry of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so this section now, I want to just talk about how to access hope. There are many scriptures about how to find hope and resist Satan's attempts to bind us with hopelessness, depression, and despair. I always have really liked um, Psalm 23. It's always kind of helped me in hard times in my life. Um, and it says, Psalm 23, 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So here the psalmist is talking about the valley of the shadow of death that Satan takes people's hearts to. And he's talking about how all those emotional mind games Satan tries to do, like making us feel hopeless, self-hatred, suicidal thinking, they have no effect on him because Jesus Christ is with him. And Jesus Christ allows him to fear no evil and to not be overcome by Satan. So the question is, how do we access that hope? You know, because there's sort of the teachings of the world or of being a therapist where you know, the world sort of says you access that help by doing therapy and doing, getting medication, and then that will help with your depression. But, you know, the true, like, what's different for believers is to access that hope through Jesus Christ, to actually have Jesus Christ helping get us through the valley of the shadow of death, instead of 
you know, falling in despair because we feel like we're totally alone. So how do you access that hope? And Nephi talked a lot about this um, when he described the path of ascension. He said that once you pass through the straight and narrow path, you're not yet done. In 2 Nephi 31, 19 to 20, it says, and now my beloved brethren, after you've gotten into this straight and narrow path, I would ask if all is done, behold, I say unto you, nay, for ye have not come thus far, save it were by the word of Christ with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. Wherefore, you must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if you should press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. So this is the combination that makes people different from the rest of the world and able to have eternal life. So instead of being overcome by Satan's toxic mix of hopelessness, believers become steadfast in Christ and are thus allowed to have hope in their hearts and a love for everyone around them. That experience is the very substance that ends hopelessness and depression and suicidal thoughts. If people had the capacity to do that in our modern day, um, life therapists and psych meds would no longer be needed because everyone would have access to the power, that power. It is the small and subtle but completely powerful tool that the world does not use. There are many scriptures that talk about a combination of the a combination of attributes that are required to reach eternal life. And they are faith, hope, and charity. Moroni talks a lot about those three things being together and how they all play on each other to give us the ability to progress. So faith, hope, and charity are like those great, you know, three, three, three um, gifts of the spirit that are amazing and need to be in our hearts in order for us to go on the path of ascension. So Moroni 10, 20 to 22, it says, wherefore there must be faith. And if there must be faith, there must also be hope. And if there must be hope, there must also be charity. And except you have charity, you can in no wise be saved in the kingdom of God. Neither can you be saved in the kingdom of God if you have not faith. Neither can you if you have not no hope. And if you have no hope, you must needs be in despair, and despair become cometh because of iniquity. Okay, so like I said, Moroni calls that combination faith, hope, and charity the gifts of God. And he says in Moroni 10, 24 to 26, and now I speak unto all the ends of the earth, that if the day cometh, that the power and gifts of God shall be done away among you, it shall be because of unbelief. And woe be unto the children of men, if this be the case, for there shall be none that doeth good among you, no, not one. For if there be one among you that doeth good, he shall work by the power and gifts of God. And woe unto them who shall do these things, who shall do these things away and die, for they die in their sins and they cannot be saved in the kingdom of God. And I speak according to the words of Christ and I lie not. So if we lose the capacity to have faith, hope and charity, we lose the capacity to be saved in the kingdom of God. And it's, it's that important. A world without these gifts of God would be a sorry world indeed. As Moroni states in Moroni 10.22, we cannot be saved 
if we have no hope. And if we have no hope, we are in despair and despair cometh because of iniquity. This subtle movement from despair to hope can make all the difference. It's the spark that can lead to a mighty change and transformation from a countenance of darkness and despair to light and hope. So what does it take for someone to move from a state of despair in which Satan has them and they are filled with his hopelessness to a state of hope in Christ? As we have been taught from true prophet, it takes crying unto the Lord and asking him to save us. It takes telling Satan to go away, even if he is going to weep and wail and gnash his teeth. It takes being steadfast in Christ. Jacob 2.2 says, And after ye have obtained a hope in Christ, ye shall obtain riches if ye seek them, and ye shall seek them for the intent to do good, to clothe the naked and to feed the hungry and to liberate the captive and to administer relief to the sick and afflicted. So once we are steadfast in Christ, we're filled with both hope and love for all men. It's the perfect brightness of hope through Christ in our hearts that prepares us for the gift of charity, the pure love of Christ. That is why charity is one of the gifts of the spirit. First hope, then love in our hearts, and then charity. Moroni talks a lot about charity. In Moroni 7.48, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart that ye may be filled with this love, which he has bestowed upon all who are true followers of his son, Jesus Christ, that ye may become the sons of God, that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, that we may have this hope, that we may be purified even as he, he is pure. Amen. So, here in describing the pure love of Christ and charity, Moroni calls this a state of having this hope that we can be purified as he is. It is a state of being filled with love for others and ourselves. Experiencing charity cannot happen without having hope in Christ and turning our hearts to him. And that process cannot happen without defying the gates of hell and their terrible torment of anxiety, fear, self-doubt, and hopelessness. It is the exact opposite of that. Moroni describes the condition necessary to have the gifts of the Spirit. They, they are that we receive a remission of our sins and eventually receive the Holy Ghost. When this happens, the Comforter, baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, will fill us with hope and love. So in Moroni 8.24, it says, Behold, my son, this thing ought not to be, for repentance is unto them that are under condemnation and under the curse of a broken law. And the first fruits of repentance is baptism. And baptism cometh by faith unto the fulfilling of the commandments. And the fulfilling of the commandments bringeth remission of sins. And the remission of sins bringeth meekness and lowliness of heart. And because of meekness and lowliness of heart cometh the visitation of the Holy Ghost, which comforter filleth with hope and perfect love, which love endureth by diligence unto prayer, until the end shall come when all the saints shall dwell with God. So this is a beautiful scripture about how once you um, are visited with the Holy Ghost and experience your baptism of fire in the Holy Ghost, then the comforter fills you with hope and perfect love. So one of the gifts on that road to ascension is the gift of hope and love, faith, hope, and charity. 
So it is after receiving the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost that a person is able to have hope. That does not mean that this gift is not available to people before that time, but it's a special gift of the Spirit given to those who have this Holy Ghost dwelling within them. It's an attribute of the changed person who's been born of Christ. This person is someone who hopes and firmly knows the source of their hope, which is Jesus Christ, their Savior. And this person can also tell their friends the reason for the joy they feel. Paul describes this hope by saying in Romans 15, 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And Nephi also taught us about the hope in Christ. And um, he also sort of talked about this idea that it's part of the path of ascension. Yeah, okay. In 2 Nephi 4, 27 to 31. Um, so this is Nephi talking about him going through his own moment of darkness when maybe Satan's trying to pull his soul down. But it sounds like this is a time in Nephi's li life when he he um, he does have the gifts of the Spirit that he can access in a, as a way to pull himself away from this and have the Comforter help him. So in in this scripture, Nephi says, "And why should I yield to sin because of my flesh? Yea, why should I give way to temptations that the evil one have place in my heart to destroy my peace and afflict my soul?" Why am I angry because of mine enemy? Awake my soul, no longer droop in sin. Rejoice, O my heart, and give place no more for the enemy of my soul. Do not anger again because of mine enemies. Do not slacken my strength because of mine afflictions. Rejoice, O my heart, and cry unto the Lord and say, O Lord, I will praise thee forever. Yea, my soul will rejoice in thee, my God, and the rock of my salvation. O Lord, wilt thou redeem my soul? Wilt thou deliver me out of the hands of mine enemies? Wilt thou make me that I may shake at the appearance of sin? May the gates of hell be shut continually before me, because that my heart is broken and my spirit is contrite. O Lord, wilt thou not shut the gates of thy righteousness before me, that I may walk in the path of the low valley, that I may be strict in the plain road? O Lord, wilt thou encircle me about in the robe of thy righteousness? O Lord, wilt thou make a way for mine escape because of mine enemies? Wilt thou make my path straight before me? Wilt thou not place a stumbling block in my way? But that thou wouldst clear my way before me and hedge not up my way, but the ways of mine enemy. O Lord, I have trusted in thee. I have trusted in thee forever. I will not put my trust in the arm of flesh. For I know that cursed is he that putteth his trust in the arm of flesh. Yea, cursed is he that putteth his trust in man or maketh flesh his arm. So I just, I really love that scripture where um, DNC, um, I mean, 2 Nephi 4.32, he says, um, my spirit is broken and contrite. It sounds like he wants to enter into the gate of righteousness and walk in a strict, plain road with the Lord. And so basically, it's, it's after that moment of receiving the Comforter or receiving the baptism of fire in the Holy Ghost, when he's entered the gate and he's ready to walk the past path of being a disciple 
And during that time, he's trying to access hope and as a gift to help him to not despair, but to feel um, feel the spirit and feel close to the Lord and have the Lord not let him fall into despair, even though Satan is trying to get him to that place. Okay, wrapping up, um, I just want to say that hope in Christ exists. It's the thing that um, makes the gospel so much better than the precepts of the world and modern medicine and psychology, because this modern world prescribes years of therapy and medication to people who have lost hope and who are in Satan's despair. And the world does not know how to prescribe the one thing that actually does heal and help, and that is hope in Christ. Hope in Christ ends all depression, anxiety, and other mental illnesses. It's when people receive their baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost that they are given a special gift of hope in Christ. And the gifts of the spirit of faith, hope, and charity create a person filled with hope and love who can withstand any fiery dart that Satan throws at him or her. And that person fights Satan every day. And instead of being overcome with despair and hopelessness, starts to live a Christ-centered life that casts out worldly fears. And this is the path of ascension. So this is the path of ascension. And once we enter that gate, we need to seek these spiritual gifts to have them in our hearts. As Nephi said, 2 Nephi 31, 20, Wherefore, ye must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. And wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. Then I just wanted to share um, one other quote, just talking about how Jesus um, can heal any of our infirmities, including mental health. In 3 Nephi 17, 6-7, it says, And he said unto them, Behold, my bowels are filled with compassion towards you. Have ye any that are sick among you? Bring them hither. Have ye any that are lame or blind or halt or maimed or leprous or that are withered or that are deaf or that are afflicted in any manner? Bring them hither and I will heal them. For I have compassion unto you. My bowels are filled with mercy. And so, you know, he is the master, um, the master healer, and he can heal any of our wounds. And he especially is good at healing wounds of despair that Satan throws at us on a daily basis. Um, he's the one that can heal us and wants to be in our lives and wants us to invite him in so that we can um, open up our hearts to him and allow the atonement to work in our hearts. And I love Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful that, you know, that this story is so happy that we can have hope in our lives. We don't need to be dragged down by the fiery darts of Satan. And I say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.